Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This is Joy. And this is Claire. Welcome to May. It's May 4th, to be exact. May the 4th be with you. Oh, that's so great. (laughs) How are you doing? How am I doing? I'm doing great. Normal things. People are always like, so what's new in your life? Like, actually, pretty much nothing. My life kind of just is the same all the time. I just spend my life trying to entertain my kids and keep them off screens for as long as possible on any given day. But, you know, we're kind of gearing up for a trip coming up to Florida, which we're leaving this weekend, this upcoming weekend. And we're going to be gone for five days. Brandon's parents have a little house in Sarasota, Florida, which is about an hour south of Tampa. And it'll be really fun. We have done really almost no traveling with our kids like at all. A lot of it is because the time frame where... We could have traveled with Evie on our lap was COVID. It just feels like you really need a good reason to buy four plane tickets to go somewhere, you know? So we've flown back to Wisconsin a couple of times with the kids. Honestly, I can't think if my kids had been anywhere else on a plane other than Wisconsin. Uh, Miles, when he was two, went to Florida for my grandma's memorial service. But like, we really don't go places with the kids. And so this is their first, even though we're going to see family, this is their first kind of like beach trip. So it'll be really fun. They also have a pool since it's Florida. And so I think, I don't know, they're on the Gulf side. I hear varying reports of water quality on the Gulf, in the Gulf, on the Gulf side. So we'll probably swim in the pool and then like play at the beach. But also my kids are not like big swimmers either anyway. So I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I don't get too sunburned. What about you? I'm gearing up for Arizona, which I'm really excited about. So it's finally here. I leave on Wednesday. The dance concert is Thursday night and Friday night. For those of you who have not been like closely following my <laughs> my journey, I'm kidding because I haven't really posted much about it. But my dance teacher from high school is retiring. And so she's having this like big dance concert reunion and everyone from her 30 years of teaching is coming to do like this big celebration dance at the concerts and Then we're having a reunion party, and it's going to be really fun. So (laughs) I have been learning this dance on video, which at first she was like sending us a bunch of different dances we could be in. And I'm like, there's zero chance. So I was like originally planning to be in like, I think there's like three or four sections you could learn. And I quickly was like, there's no way in one month that I'm going to have all of this down by video. It's one thing to do rehearsals in a studio where you're kind of like, going over and over again with someone who like breaks the moves down for you. And then you kind of like build on it each time. So I told her, I was like, I'm just going to be in this finale part. There's just no way I'm going to learn every single section in two weeks. She's like, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing because she's she's in it as well. I'm just really excited. It's going to be fun to see everybody. I'm going to see people I honestly probably haven't seen since high school. And 
Um, I was a cheer coach right after I graduated high school. So when I was in college, that was like one of my jobs that I worked was I went back to the high school and coached their cheer team. So some of the girls that I coached are going to be there and it's just going to be so wild. Um, Texting my dance teacher, I was like, is there anything I need to know about like parking? I know everything's changed. Like there's so much like security and you can't just drive into a high school parking lot anymore. And so I was like, where do I park? Is it the same auditorium? Like, are things in the same spot? You know, I'm like, do I go to the same auditorium? And she's like, yeah, it's going to look really different, but the auditorium is the same, which like, I don't know, just like those things I go, I was texting her and I'm like, I feel like I'm 17 and no time has passed by just like the things that I'm texting you right now. Like, do I meet you at the auditorium? Anyway, so I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be so busy, but it's going to be a lot of fun because I'm also going to be staying with my best friend slash sister and her family. But I have a feeling I'm going to be so tired because it's just going to be, I mean, right when I get there, Wednesday night is a rehearsal, Thursdays, Thursday, Friday is the concert and Saturday night is the party. What are you wearing? What's your dance outfit? Oh, yeah. So like the costumes, it's since it's throwback, which is so funny, the throwback, the whole dance concert theme is called throw is like a throwback. It's throwback. Back to like the late 90s. Yeah. So uh, all the Which songs were like. In fairness, if she started teaching 30 years ago, that was 1993. It was, like, exactly. So she started it's not teaching. Late 90s, but. Yeah. It was like, I think 94, 95 was like her first year with us. Um, and I joined when I was a junior. Was I a sophomore? I think it was a junior. So 95, 96 was like the first year of her like company that she created. And so we're wearing for this dance, we're wearing like black leggings and like neon tops. So I'm like, mm, this is pretty on brand for me. Yeah, we'll see. And my friend is so funny. The one who's like in the same class as me, she was like texting me. She's like, I'm going to splurge on these shoes. And they're like the golden goose, like $500, $600 shoes. And I'm like, Lorinda, why are you buying these <laughs> She was like, because they have neon on them. And then all of a sudden, our dance teacher called, texted us, and she's like, we're just going to wear black shoes or black socks, because you can dance in socks real easy. And my friend texted me, and she's like, I'm really glad I got those shoes. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't think that was a justifiable expense, even if we had been wearing our own shoes. I know. Part of me is like, I've been wanting Golden Goose shoes for about 10 years, and I've yet to pull the trigger on it, because I'm just like, mm, I just can't justify. But she was, she cracks me up. I'm really excited. to. I'll post stories of all of us together. It's going to freak you guys out, because Lorinda and Alicia are two of my really good friends from high school, and they're identical twins. And it, they, are, they are like a circus show when we're walking around, because everyone just like does this double take. Not only that, but they're not just like identical twins that kind of just look like normal human beings. They have like huge heads of curly hair and like not huge heads, a lot of hair. They have a lot of hair. It's like big and curly. And they're both just like strikingly beautiful. So when you see them walking around, you're kind of like, there's one of them, but whoa, there's two of them. It's like... <laughs> I was like, it's really fun to hang out with them because whenever we go somewhere, they're like, are you guys twins? And I'm like, yeah. I was like. <laughs> oh, That's so fun. Oh, my I God. Like this is going to be like the high school reunion experience that we all think we're going to have when we go to high school reunions. And then it just ends up like being really awkward. And you're like standing in a ballroom talking to the same three people that you've still stayed in touch with totally. anyway. Totally. 
And this will yeah. actually be like, yeah, going. I, I've never understood why high school reunions aren't held in the high school. Like, that's where you want to be. It just seems that's like where so you want to be. Yeah. yeah. Did you do a reunion yet for your high school? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I graduated high school in 2006, so I've had one, and then I have another one coming up not too far out. But yeah. as a fun fact, I think I've shared this. Are you supposed to do 15? We were only doing it every 10. Five yeah, and what, 10. Ours oh, didn't, good. like, our class didn't put their, they didn't put anything together for 20. Oh, funny. I'm like, good job. Okay, well, here's the thing. I am the one who has to plan it. My friend Danny and That's I. right. We're like our senior class president and vice president. And so along with that comes the responsibility for the rest of your life that you're supposed to plan. Little did you know. I knew. And at the time I was like, that'll be so fun. And I'm like, oh my God, 18 year old Claire made a big mistake. But we did in 2016, we had it at um, the Dark Horse, which is like a burger bar in Boulder. It felt like it hadn't been like quite long enough to like really, oh my, and, and also I feel like maybe high school reunions aren't as big of a deal now that we have social media and we're kind of all like keeping up with everybody all the time anyway. You know, I'm probably still Facebook friends with half the people I went to high school with. And not that I like track them obsessively, but if like a big life event happens, I'm vaguely aware of it for at least like the people who who I was tangentially connected to. So, but yeah, I think it would just be so much more fun to have the high school reunion in the high school because then you could kind of like walk around and I don't know, that's probably exactly why they don't do this because they're like, we don't want a bunch of like nostalgic drunk adults just walking around trying to open their old locker. Jody just put in the chat, went to 10 year, didn't go to 20 year. You can't drink on high school campus, hence the need. For- oh, okay. Well, that. Yeah, that's got to be what it Kim is. Kim says, ours has been in random bars. Yeah. Our- so my 10 year was at this like hotel ballroom, which was kind of weird. And I was in such a weird place. I look back and I'm like, people thought I probably thought I was like, oh my God. So that would have been like 25, right? 28? Yeah. 28. Yeah, like 27, 28. Okay, that tracks. Because I think, I- okay, so I was probably working but anyway I just remember I was like in the height of my like just having the time of my life where as you all know I grew up in Mormontown everyone was married and having kids or at least had three by then so I show up in this like slinky very low cut no bra dress like I was just at the height of my trying to undo all of the like strict restriction life of being growing up in a Mormon town. And I was just like, here I am. But it was really weird because everyone was just kind of like, it wasn't, it was like not far, not enough time had passed for you to kind of like, I don't know, you still kind of had like relationships with some people, but you also aren't like 1000% established in who you are. I had a decent time, but I remember it being really awkward. And we really did just talk to the people that we kind of showed up with or the friends that we'd been in touch with. So I don't know if I like would go back to a reunion now and be like, yeah, I really want to, I guess maybe it's just, yeah. I have you go mixed to your feelings. 20 they didn't have one. Oh, yeah. They didn't have one. That. So I don't know if they'll have a 30. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, we'll probably do the exact same thing for a 20 that we did for a 10, just like go to the dark horse, set up like a crappy photo backdrop in a dark bar where you can't take pictures really anyway. Um, Justine says 20 years out, I've already lost touch. I've gotten back in touch. <laughs> We, we are handling this on our own these days. I love the like high school reunion kind of trope in TV shows and how it is always like I've been um, re-watching Dairy Girls, which I think I talked about a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Dairy, D-E-R-R-Y. 
I need to get into that. I've watched one and I know it's, it's so really cute. good. I just haven't like Yeah, it's in. so cute. Dairy, not like a dairy cow, like a town. And it's there's an episode where it's like it's a, like a small town and they're all going back. You know, they they are like parents have their high school reunion and it's just so funny, like all the flashbacks. I loved it. Because I do think there it hopefully will be a point. Like 10 year was too close. Maybe by 20 year you will have a little bit more to look back on and be like, oh my gosh, we were so young. Like, can you believe the things we did and like the things we thought we would do? And well, I'm just such a nostalgic person anyway. I I live for nostalgia and the feeling of going back to my high school. I've had lunch a handful of times with my dance teacher when I w- when it would work out when I'd go to Arizona. It just it's been a long time since we've done that. So I've probably not been back to my high school in about 10 to 15 years. The thought of going into that parking lot and just like all of the memories are going to be flooding back. It's going to be so weird. I know the whole time I'm just going to be like, this is so bizarre. Even just, you know, being around. I don't think there's going to be a ton of people. I don't actually think there's going to be any people from my class that are in this except for me and Lorenda. But there's a couple of people like right above or right that were like the year after us. But I just, I don't know. I it's going to be really fun though. I'm we're having I'm having like brunch with some people I haven't seen in a long time and I mean I go to Arizona all the time. I just don't connect to the high school part of myself and it's really giving me like Romy and Michelle vibes too. And also I'm going to be one of the oldest people there in this whole reunion dance. So there's a part of me that's like, "Oh my god, please don't judge me. Like please don't. Please be kind, young pups." <laughs> It's going to be so fun. Um, If you have a mortifying high school reunion story, please let us know. Please email it to us at thisisjoyandclaire at gmail.com. We would love to hear them. I feel like we're like coming into graduation season. Totally. Oh, my God. My nephew just went to prom last night. Oh, my gosh. Prom. Please also tell us if you have a mortifying prom story. I really want to hear like hilarious like if something Ooh, yeah. like bad, not bad, but like if something really embarrassing happened to you at prom, will you please tell us about it? I didn't really, I had like, I feel like I had fun, pretty normal proms. Although my junior year, which I had to plan prom my junior year because of the whole student council thing, I got broken up with like two weeks before prom. Oh. I was like, who am I going to go with? So I ended up asking like a one of my close friends had a close family friend, this guy who was like our same age, but went to a different high school. But like we were, because I was so close with her and her family, I also like saw him all the time because their families were really close. And so I went with him and he was fantastic. And actually you've met him. His name is Will. He was our like, he he was like a CrossFit. He was in the CrossFit space for a while and he was doing like audio visual stuff uh, with Will Lanier. For, anyway, he like hosted, a, a, he hosted like a Q&A panel with Will that we were on. Maybe oh, it was just, interesting. You'd recognize me, Tom. Okay. That was an yeah. update. <laughs> My, I, I still love the story of my sophomore prom situation where I went with like the hottest guy in school. Oh, yeah. And like yes. one of the girls was so mad because he asked me and she was like, she wanted, she was a junior and she really wanted to go with him. And so I just remember like being in the locker room because we were on the same cheer squad. And I remember being in the locker room, like packing up my things. And she was like, I can't believe Garrett asked you. And I was like, <sighs> And it was such a surprise. Like, anyway, I had no idea like that he even like knew who I was type of thing. But I was friends with his sister. And at the same time, anyway, it's so funny. It's so, so funny. And then I went with like one of my best friends my junior year. And then senior year, I went with like a guy I knew since elementary school. And he was like, super Mormon. So I was kind of like, uh, I was like, not super excited about it. But it was also like, oh, it's, I've known you since 
elementary school, like, let's just go have fun. We didn't like, like each other like that. So it was a little anticlimactic. Like, so. um, in the chat, people are saying that we should have a Joy and Claire prom with an ironic adult prom dress. And also Kim says, what about chaperoning prom stories? I would really love to I hear. would love because to hear Because then you that. are like a fly on the wall, which really is the dream. It's to be the fly on the wall at prom. Kim says, one year I chaperoned the prom and it was at the same venue where a 60 and single party was happening and creepy old men kept trying to come into our prom and take pics of the girls. Oh, that's horrible. Ugh. That is horrible. Did you ever have, not to turn this dark, but did you ever have like creepy teachers? Yeah, my <laughs> middle school principal um, was recently busted for running a child sex trafficking ring in New Mexico. What? Yeah. Wait, your middle school principal? Uh huh. He was, I mean, so he was a principal in Boulder and then he like transferred to New Mexico and then got busted for running a child sex trafficking ring. OMG. Yeah. Oh my god. The reason I bring this up is there's some things that I don't know, this this sounds a little dark, but I'm just gonna tell you the story really quick. There was a there was a science teacher I had in high school that like now that I'm older, I'm like, he was really inappropriate. Yeah, that like comes up every once in a while where I'm like, uh he probably shouldn't have had us like hanging out in the his back office, like with just like four or five girls, like just hanging out. And we thought it was like really cool because we're like, oh my gosh, he's like so funny. And when you're that age, you're just, it, it, yeah. And he used to have like a nickname for me. And he would like walk through our dance practices. And at one point, my dance teacher kicked him out. She was like, this is not appropriate. You need to get out of here. And I remember, I so vividly remember that because I thought he was just, you know, again, like you're young and you're naive and you just think someone's being nice to you. You're like trying to be likable too because you're a kid and and also a teacher. Sorry, this also sounds like a traumatic experience and I'm not trying, like I'm, I'm not trying to like make this really weird, but like I think back and I'm like, whoa, nothing like ever big happened. It was just like those weird signs that you're kind of like, huh, that was like, that was not okay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I wonder what happened to him. Um, Val just says, speaking of creepy, I just looked through my junior yearbook, 1984. There was a pic of spirit weeks with games. One was guess who kissed you game blindfolded, but I looked closely and it was teachers kissing the students. No, no. <laughs> wow. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Not in this. I'm laughing. Cause like we're crying inside. Like, this is just, oh, I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers that I met up with, like in person. She came to visit uh, Denver with her husband. And so I work for a virtual company. We don't ever see people in person. So we like met up for dinner and we were talking about like in your 20s when you work for people and especially way before Me Too, way before sexual harassment was like a literal thing in the workplace. And we talked a lot about in our young 20s, how places that we worked out, the things that men would say to us, so inappropriate. Anyway, ugh, fun times, but let's have a party. Let's have a prom party. <laughs> Oh my God. I feel like there's so many just like creepy stories that people always have about looking back where you're like, oh yeah, that was so gross and inappropriate. Kim says, I think your prom being the Joy Claire prom would be way better and safer. Yes, it would. We would be- <laughs> No creeps allowed. Nope. Everything is consensual. Everything is happy and safe. 
Oh my goodness. All right. Well, let's take a quick minute to break for our favorite sponsor, Ned, the makers of our favorite CBD products and our favorite urban botanical products. We absolutely love this brand. They have the highest quality products in our opinion. We use them every single day. We love that they third-party test every single batch, which is not the industry norm. So they go above and beyond to make sure that they're being super transparent and intentional with all of their products so that you know exactly what you're getting. Because we know that CBD is still can still feel like a little bit unsure when you first start to take it because it is a hemp product and we all know that there are a lot of rumors out there about what can happen when you take CBD. So we love the daily blend. I take the 750 milligram daily blend every single night. Joy takes the sleep blend every single night and they are so helpful with getting us to have the best sleep of our lives. We also love the mellow magnesium drink powder, which kind of takes the edge off anytime throughout the day or the shuddai chai, which is the perfect drink mix to wind you down at the end of an extra long day where you just need a little bit something extra to help calm you down for bed. You can get your Ned products at helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use this code joy for 15% off your order. Thank you so much for supporting the brands that support our podcast. We really do love this brand so, so much. We really believe in everything that they're doing and we would love it if you would support them. Thank you. Well, to cap that conversation, Justine's, <laughs> these stories are terrible, yet I want to hear more. I'm like, yes, we all have to, like, it's almost kind of like putting this in the burn book because I've been holding on to that creepy teacher story for a long time. And I'm always like, do I need to talk, th- talk to a therapist about this? Because it like still comes up where I'm like, that was not okay. But it's also like, oh yeah, that was a different time. Uh, I've talked to my mom about some of it. And she's like, oh yeah, you wouldn't believe the things that happened to me in the workplace when I was in my 20s. I'm like, can't even imagine. But yeah. And Jody says, I cannot believe how many creepy stories just in this chat. Just in this chat we've been sharing. I can't imagine. Everyone, like, let's just put it in the burn book. Let's like heal together. Let's <laughs> heal from all of this together. Oh, it's not a happy laugh. It's an uncomfortable laugh, which we're really good at doing when we have to laugh off uncomfortable comments, which is basically the whole thing of my 20s in a workplace. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, my God, I'm so traumatized. Oh my yeah. God. Um, speaking of trauma, you found a new therapist this week. <laughs> that was a good transition. I knew you were going for that. I sure did. I sure did. So I have not been in therapy for a long while. Uh, as a therapist, I often feel like, oh, I really need to go to therapy. I really, you know, it's that whole thing of like, do as I say, not as I do. A lot of the things that I will preach to people, I don't do myself. And that's, I think anyone in any profession could say the same thing. Like when I was at the dentist, my dental hygienist was like, yeah, I try to floss every day. Sometimes I don't, you know, we just, we're humans. So it's not like, you can do everything perfect just because you're a professional and you're an expert in the field. So for the longest time, I've just been like putting it off, putting it off, mostly because I really have been hesitant to find a new therapist. The one that I had been seeing for most of my life has had retired. Um, but even before then, in all honesty, I wasn't really seeing her that often. And I think when I was working at Kaiser, they had therapists that like they would refer the employees who worked in therapy to. But because when we worked there, it was really a small pool of people that you could see that was covered by Kaiser. And so I just like had no motivation to find out how to get into therapy then. I was like, oh, this just feels really weird and I just don't want to do it. Fast forward to now, I have different insurance and I started looking around for people who are covered. So by the way, guys, I've said this a million times, like you could do private pay, you could do better help, you could do talk space. A lot of people will message and say what's better. And honestly, there's not one that's better. It's just more of like what feels 
comfortable for you to afford? And also, do you, is it a good fit? I'm always going to defer to if my insurance covers it, I'm going to go with that. If And if and if I like them, I'm going to go with that. So that's kind of where I'm trying to find first is does my, ins- I have the benefits, my insurance will cover it. And is it someone that I enjoy going to? I started researching, found her online, her website looked really cool. And she seemed really awesome. I messaged her and I was like, do you have experience working with therapists? And she's like, yeah, I love working with therapists. And so like the vibe I got from her was really cool. Yeah, I, the way that she approaches, she has a lot of different approaches that she takes for therapy. So it's not just talk therapy, which I'll go into it another time. But the approaches I felt like were something that I'd be interested in trying. And so I met up with her uh, last week. I immediately felt at ease with her. Like her waiting room was like very therapy and she had like a little Zen sand board, whatever those are called, Zen gardens. Her office was so cool. She had like this huge branch hanging from the ceiling with like all these plants hanging down. This may be weird to people. It wasn't weird to me. It was like really endearing, but she had this like big flowy dress on and like didn't have any shoes on. And she has like a little foot pillow that she sits on. It was just like, it was like so and she was just so welcoming. She's a little bit older than me. She had zero qualms about like me knowing the field. Therapists that counsel therapists can be really weird because they can get insecure. Me as a therapist, I know all the tricks. So like therapists who do therapy to other therapists, if you're not skilled at it, you will feel insecure and that insecurity will creep into your sessions and it just feels weird. And so I immediately felt at ease. Oh, she doesn't have any of that. And she is like locked in with me. And I just started kind of telling her my whole reason for being there. And she she was just like so cool. She's kind of hippy dippy. She's pagan. She's just like everything I need right now. So I was very excited to talk to her. And I think like one of the biggest things that I actually like don't mind sharing um, that I'm working on right now is like, I just feel this for the past 10 years, I've actually talked about this on the podcast where I'm like, I just don't feel like this time in my life, I have no, my whole life, I've kind of like known where I've been needing to go. At this point in my life, I have zero idea. I don't know where to go. Like I feel lost. I feel like I kind of have like cool things going on in my life, but I just feel a little bit aimless. The interesting thing that I already realized when we were talking was like, this sounds a little wooey, but I'm just gonna say like, I have really lost my connection to like the spiritual side of myself. And also, there's a direct correlation to when social media blew up that this started happening, the comparison, because I will want to do something, but I will immediately doubt it and stop because I'm like, what's the point? Everyone else is doing something cooler. So it kind of correlates to like, when we started this podcast, media, social media really wasn't like that big of a presence in our lives. And since then, also being out in the world with the podcast, there's this push-pull, which I think all of us can relate to of like, do I put this out there and be vulnerable in a way? Because there's so many things that people can judge versus like, when we started the podcast, even we're like, this this seems like a cool idea. And we just went with it without any like, direct feedback from anybody. Anyway, so like, that's something that we're also working on among some other things. But it was just so nice to like, find somebody who's like, there was a part of me that was like, do I really need to go? But like, truly, if anyone out there is struggling with like, do I go to therapy or do I not go to therapy? Just go. I promise you, once you start talking, things will come out that you're like, oh, didn't realize this is what I needed to talk about. And that happens all the time in therapy. And it was really cute too. Every time we would talk about 
about something that was like pretty significant, she'd be like, oh, that gave me the chills. And I like love when people, I love when therapists like get so like energy, like energetically in tune. That means they're like super excited for like the things that you're going to work on in therapy. And she was like, oh, that gave me the chills like five times during our therapy session. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. I will keep you posted. I mean, it's it's just going to be what it is. But I was just really uh, one of the main things that we're working on right now is like not to doubt because I will immediately go into anything and then I'll just be like, I doubt every single thing that any any decision that I make is like, I'll talk myself out of or I will immediately doubt it. So when we were leaving, she's like, okay, uh, your homework is to just not doubt anything. I was like, all right, here we go. Can I go work on that? One other thing that is related to this that we get a lot are questions around taking psych meds. For the record, Joy is a therapist, not a psychiatrist, so she doesn't prescribe meds. So from that regard, we can't really, you know, there's not a not from that angle, but we do get people reaching out to us a lot. And I've had friends reach out to me, and I know you even, Joy, personally have gone through this fairly recently and several times over the years, is feeling like this kind of double standard that you personally hold for like, Other people can take psych meds and it's fantastic for them and I encourage them to do it and it's great and it's needed and we need to destigmatize it. But when I personally am faced with the choice of taking psych meds, I put a lot of judgment on it. I feel nervous. I feel like I shouldn't need to do it. Like I really judge myself for that. It's something that we've gotten a lot of messages about over the years. I have recently had several friends who've had the same thing. And it's I'm bringing it up because it's wild to me how consistent it is. Every single time, it's like, I know this is fine. I know if if I was in, like if I were outside of the situation, I would encourage myself to do it. If a friend of mine was going through this, I would tell them, that they should take it and they, you know, if, if this is like what they think is going to help them, that they should try it and there's no shame in it. But I personally have so much judgment around doing it and I'm so scared. It's always that exact same trap. Always. With behavioral health, what I've seen is people think that their brains are their control, that they should be able to control themselves and control your mind. It just doesn't work that way. It's It just doesn't work that way. I I truly look at it as a disease of the brain because it's easier to frame it that way for people where it's like you just it's <laughs> and not only that is if you think of history where people didn't have the tools to medicate that we have now they were thrown into psych hospitals and you know like it it was just such a like mistreatment and as such a negative connotation for people who couldn't I'm doing a lot of air quotes like control their mind so I think we kind of equate we have a lot of stigma still from just being in men- like going to a mental health therapist or needing help for mental health with medication feels like your body has failed you in some way that we just kind of need to get out of that. We need to get out of that rhetoric. I was in it. I was in it for a very long time. I've talked about that before where I was like, I just don't know if I want to do that. I'll never forget it. When I was at Kaiser, I just finally hit a wall where I was like, I just need something. And I talked to my primary care physician. This is this is something for me. I don't need a I don't yet need a psychiatrist because my situation is pretty straightforward where I can get medications from a psychi- or um, from a primary care physician, which side note, you can, I've said this before, you can talk to your primary care physician if it's a more mild, straightforward case. And they should know that, what that looks like. You can be prescribed medications for uh, depression, anxiety, pretty straightforward cases from your primary care physician. And that is what I do right now. 
I don't yet need to talk to a psychiatrist. I actually did go to a psychiatrist way back when I was at the DA's office um, and talked to him about like some anxiety I was experiencing, but he put me some on a little bit more of like those, uh, I think like kind of like, um, like Xanax where it just, it didn't, I didn't like it because basically it's great for a tool when you're having like an extreme, extreme anxiety that didn't gel well for me because I was like, well, I don't want to just feel kind of like zoned out. But when I was at Kaiser, I just started thinking like, maybe I need to reach out and see if I can like, just try this. And what, what it came down for me was like, you can always go off of it. You can always stop. If you don't like it, (laughs) you can always change. But I immediately started feeling better. Like, sometimes I'll say it takes two weeks for meds to kick in. When I say the day I started taking it, I was like, it just felt like a light switch turned on where I was like, oh, the clouds have parted and I actually can like freaking function. So the other thing that I talk about with people who are like, when I'm talking to patients, is when you are so severely depressed, when you have clinical depression that's so severe, some people will be like, well, I don't know, I don't know about meds, I don't know about meds, or they're actually struggling to just do like their daily activities. I always say, look, meds can put your head above water where you can actually breathe and get some relief to then do the things that you're like really struggling and motivated and unmotivated to do. And then you can make decisions from there. So a lot of people just feel like they want to just white knuckle it themselves. And it's just, if there's a tool available to you, you should have no shame. And I know it's easier said than done. But at this point in my life, I'm like, if I have to take this for the rest of my life, I am totally fine with that. And I have just come to that decision because in my mind, I'm like, I would rather just like feel like a uh, whatever normal is human being where I could like not have to think about my depression or my anxiety every single day where you're, it's always like, you're always aware of it that you have to manage it. And it's just not, it's not a thing that I have to manage as much. I think with PMS symptoms getting a little more intense, uh, intense as I'm getting older, that's something that I'm going to have to keep an eye on because I've had some real doozies of mood swings lately. But the everyday thing is pretty stable. And I think that's, if you're feeling judgment around taking medications, I encourage you to really work through that either with a therapist or just hear it from me. <laughs> like, it's okay. And it's not a failure. It's not a failure to need a medical intervention for something that is, it's pretty hard to be a human in this world. I think also something that if you've never taken psych meds before, there is this misconception that it's going to really change the way that you feel. Like people say like, well, I just don't want to, I want to feel like myself. Like I just don't want to stop feeling like myself. And and what you said, Joy, about, you know, just kind of brings your head above water or the way that I experienced it when I was on um, antidepressants was it made, it felt like it got me out of the river. The experience that you and I have had and then I think I hear from a lot of people is not like, oh, it really changed who I how I felt or who I was. It's more like, oh, it just gave me a little bit of space. Somebody in the chat said it felt like that took the elephant off their chest. Like it just gives you back a little bit of more room to work with. It doesn't change anything about who you are or how you experience the world. Right. You're not the yeah. instincts you have or the emotions that you experience. Maybe for some people, I know that there is like the stigma that, oh, if you're on psych meds, like you just become completely numb. I don't know anybody personally who that has been their experience. I'm not saying it's not out there. I'm not saying that you can't get to the point of medication where, you know, you're taking so much that maybe that's what ends up happening if you have some really severe situation, but that's not the goal and that's not what they're supposed to do. And that actually shouldn't be happening. Right. 
if it is, you should be talking to your doctor about like, I don't, I feel like a robot. Like you right. shouldn't be going through. And it's, it. I think what, to your point, Claire, it's like taking medications, at least for like, for my experience is I'm able to not have to think about depression or anxiety every day. Like I don't have to think about it. I know someone in the chat, I hear this quite often. It's interesting to me because I don't think people really, it, it doesn't register for me when someone says this because people have such a stigma around their brains. So someone will, often say, it's like if you had diabetes and need insulin, you would take it. People don't register that for their brains. They don't register that. They're like, well, my brain is not normal. So why I should be able to mind gymnastics, you know, the mind tricks around yeah, this I, so that I can work through it. It's like you are your brain. It's sort of like in the yes. we were talking about, you know, like the Glenn and Doyle, like I am my body. Like exactly. why it's so hard for me to separate it. I think that is a big key where it's like you are your brain. And so you don't want to think like, oh, yes. I have a problem. I have an imbalance. Like you want to think like this is who I am. And so then what you're really asking someone to do is potentially kind of tweak who they are or, you know, mess with who they are. And I think that ultimately kind of ends up being the fear is that this is going to change your who you are at some level. Mm-hmm. And the reality for most people that I think the experience is more like, oh, it just actually gives you more space to be mm-hmm. who you feel like you should be. Get puts you back in the driver's seat rather than letting depression or anxiety be in the driver's seat. And you know how it's a little bit of hustle culture. Like you got to just grit through it and you can just, you know, just try to just be happy. Just smile. When you smile, it gives your brain right, just, the signal. Just go for a walk. To- <laughs> Which look, some of that will help, but like at the end, like at the end of the day, sometimes you just you really do need. I was just when you were talking, I was like, maybe I should bring on the head of psychiatry at my work because he is such a ray of sunshine. His name is Dr. John Cole. He is truly the happiest, sweetest, most pure. I don't know if you could just put like sunshine in a bottle. It, that is Dr. John Cole. I love him so much. He, and he speaks very well on psychiatry. I'm sure he would come on the podcast. He's so sweet. And we could just do like a big Q&A with a psychiatrist because I think there's a lot that I don't know from the you know biology standpoint of psychiatry that he could probably explain. But the bottom line here is for people struggling with that stigma, it's real. That is a very valid feeling. And it's scary. It took me quite some time. I actually, I actually tried to go off meds at one point, and it was not pretty. <laughs> it was like, I think I was well, just like remember crying. This past winter when you accidentally were taking the wrong dose, and you thought that you were like losing it. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And then I was just like, I this is this is cool. I'm I'm okay with this. Um, I also have to look at like the generational trauma that has existed in my family. And there's a lot of undiagnosed mental health stuff uh, that exists. And I just look at that. And I'm like, I don't want to continue. I don't want to have that happen to me when I'm in my 60s. If I don't treat this now. So for what it's worth, it's okay. Like I'm giving you permission slip. (laughs) It's okay to try it. And it's also very, very normal. It's, it's also very so normal. normal, almost to the point of me saying that I pretty, I feel confident that I could say 99% of the friends that I know who start taking a psych med have to have this conversation with themselves first. Like it is so common to really want that help for other people, but not feel valid in getting it for yourself for all the reasons we just listed and more. I think something else that's come up in the chat is that sometimes you do have to go through multiple medications to try to find the right one. And that can be so hard. Yeah. And I think that's where 
I would, if you feel like, let's pretend you started with your primary care physician and it was just like not working. I would then, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to back to your PCP to change the meds. That's when I would see a psychiatrist. And that's when I'd be like, hey, can you give me a referral? Or if you don't need one, just go see one. Just so people out there that if you're not familiar with like what psychiatry is, you you don't worry so much. I mean, they definitely have to have a good bedside manner, but like don't worry so much about like the fit with a psychiatrist because they're purely there to prescribe medications. They're not there to talk to you and like have there's some very few that I know that do like therapy and psychiatry, but it's rare. Mostly you're just going to give them the symptoms and they will prescribe the medication. So you don't have to worry about like finding the right fit as intensely as you do with like a therapist that you're going to be talking to and you have to have a like really deep relationship with them. So again, like I know some psychiatrists are like not the nicest and like people are like, I don't, I didn't like my psychiatrist. I don't want to work with them. Like, oh, okay, try someone else. Like it's, it's totally fine to do that. I'm not saying that you have to just take what you can get, but what I am saying, it's like less important. So don't let that be a barrier to go back to go to a psychiatrist thinking it's like this daunting task that you have to find the perfect fit. But I would say if you don't find what you're needing, if you're like getting something prescribed through a primary care physician, totally fine and appropriate to see a psychiatrist. And that's when I think they're, they're skilled and trained to get the right doses quicker. It'll probably be less daunting that way. But it has completely changed my life. It has made my like, all of my relationships better. Like I'm not saying my life is perfect and I have don't have bad days. It's just again, I it's less of that awareness of trying to manage it every day. All right. A lot of couple bit well that's just one kind of big topic today. But I hope that that is validating if anybody out there is like either has been thinking about going to therapy and needs a nudge or has been thinking about starting on some psych meds and seeing what it's like and needs a nudge. The thing I also always say is like, if you don't like your therapist, you can always leave. Yeah. If you don't like the way the meds feel, you can always stop taking them. None of this is a one-way street. And I think that we tend to also tell that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't just like want to stop taking them without any oversight. I was going to say like, yeah, don't just like oversight. <laughs> Yeah, don't just like flush your pills on the toilet one day. But like, though, you know, there are uh, there are always off ramps available to you. That is something that I feel like I come back to so much with so many different things in life that there are almost no decisions in this life that do not have an off ramp. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that can really help keep things in perspective. And it's just been really eye opening going back to therapy already. Just being like, oh, okay, like we need to have that perspective shift t- sometimes. The world is real scary. Like we are okay, living actually, in some. Yeah. Yes. This actually just came. So somebody in the chat was just saying, like, I think what I struggle with is that I have anxiety due to unrealistic expectations. They go on to describe like they have this very busy life. I think that is another thing that we do to ourselves is we say like, oh, it's just because I'm in a really busy time, or oh, it's just because I have a parent who's sick, or oh, it's just because whatever. If that's all, quote unquote, all it is, that's still a big deal. I have talked about this too with postpartum where people are like, well, I'm, you know, I might have postpartum depression, but it's just because I'm sleep deprived. It's just because my husband had to, you know, my partner didn't get leave, whatever the case may be. Those are reasons. Those are valid reasons still. They they may seem circumstantial to you, but those are still very valid reasons that, okay, the situation that I'm in is overwhelming for whatever reason. We are not set up to help each other very well in this society. Even if it's like, hey, my kids are little. I feel really overwhelmed. I feel like I'm at the wits end by the end of the day. I feel like I'm really quick to anger, really quick to irritability. Those are all still really good reasons. That also might be something where you think to yourself, okay, you know, every year I'm going to work with my psychiatrist to taper off my dosage and see if like my, or if I have a life change where I get a new job or my kids go to school or 
I don't know, whatever the case may be, my husband gets a raise or I don't know, whatever. Then maybe you think, okay, my life now feels like there's a little bit more room and I don't have to use this avenue to get that room anymore. So I'm going to try to go, you know, to taper off the medication and see if like there's enough room has opened up in my life in other ways. I just really want to encourage people to not look at your circumstances and think like, oh, it's just because X, Y, Z. Right. Those are still really valid reasons like that are real, having a real impact on your day to day. And we shouldn't be expected to like have to grin and bear it and do all of these things. Like I, like being human is hard and then adding all these other layers of expectations and the crap that's going on in the world. If you pay attention to all the horrible news, like all of that is a lot to absorb. Again, we are in a different time that mental health is more mainstream, yet we have a lot of that old school belief system that still exists around judgment that maybe it is the feeling of failure, maybe it is whatever it is. But I'll keep sharing if there's any other questions you have like around behavioral health around I don't know, just something that you're struggling with or the like the medication thing you still have questions about. If you'd be interested in having a psychiatrist come on and answer some questions around that, I'm happy to provide. I'll keep you posted on my therapy journey. Speaking of, I'll, I'll, I'll end with this a little um, teaser here, because when I mentioned like she does some different approaches and speaking of like kind of trying something new or even being a little scared... She is also a psychedelic practitioner. (laughs) So she does psychedelic interventions like with ketamine and psilocybin. And so we talked about that being a possibility for some of the things I'm looking into, which I would probably judge five to 10 years ago. I'd be like, "Mm." but everything that we've discussed sounds, it sounds like a really interesting thing. We'll see. There's a part of me that still feels like, oh, do I need to do that? Like, is that, I'm not going to, judge it. I'm not going to doubt. I'm just going to be like, here we go. This is another way that I can dive deep into my problems and grow as a person. But we need to just stop judging ourselves. I know easier said than done. All right, guys. Well, that is all for this week, partially because you guys aren't aware of this, but I'm having to mute myself like every 30 seconds and violently clear my throat because my allergies are so (laughs) The allergies are so bad. So allergic to trees, just all the trees. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. You can find us online at joyandclaire.com. You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. As a reminder, in our Instagram profile, we do have an old highlight that is called therapy, an old highlight that is called therapy. What it has are a couple of slides that talk about how to go about finding a therapist and kind of what to think about the first couple, very, very basic, like if you're going to go through insurance or not, what the different types of um, accreditations kind of mean. We are always very open in our inbox to answer questions or help um, not like make therapy recommendations, but help you um, if you're really needing a nudge in one direction or another to start that process of finding a therapist. So very pro therapy here, obviously. (laughs) And we just want you guys to feel empowered to get the help that you need because being a human is hard and there's no prerequisite for going to therapy. We hope you guys have a fantastic week. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Ned. Go to helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use discount code joy. J-O-Y for 15% off your order. Thank you again for supporting the sponsors that support our podcast. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye, everybody.
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.